Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. We talk about it here. Betrayal trauma. We are AppSats certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. Sometimes listeners want to know about triggers. I'm dealing with the aftermath of my husband's affairs, and he still works the same job that he did when he was acting out. It's a job that allows him to hide his goings-on and one that he stated was the previous trigger for his acting out. The whole 16 and a half years we've been together, he's acted out. In the beginning, what I thought it was was just pornography. Um, it ended up being, I found out two and a half years ago, he had been with multiple prostitutes. I only found out a very small portion of that until about a month ago. How do you cope with all of that when you still have to deal with unavoidable triggers? Well, of course you would feel traumatized by hearing all that information. And I got to tell you, Stephanie, that's a staggered disclosure. That's finding out little bits and pieces about your husband's behavior throughout a time period, making you feel insecure, unsure, and unsafe. So what we got to do is set up a situation whereby you get with a specialist to do a formal disclosure so you can hear everything at one time in a safe environment. your stress and hits to your brain. What do I mean by hits? Well, said very clearly, what I mean is that you are getting post-traumatic or trauma stress hits to the brain every time you find out something new about your husband, every time you're reminded of something that occurred in the past, every time you're triggered, and so we at AppSats believe that it's important for you to go through something called the formal disclosure. And the formal disclosure is an opportunity for you to hear everything about this man, about his timeline, his sexual history, his sexual acting out, and any other questions you might have, all in one place where we can keep you safe, and where we can make a difference by providing the support and the respite you deserve. Now, what does that mean? That means in the middle of the disclosure, I might look at you and say, um, Susie, I can see that you've lost some color in your face, and I know that last bit of information was hard to hear. How about if we get up and go for a walk around the building, and we'll come back, and finish this disclosure after you've had some fresh air. Or I might say, Tammy, I'd like for you to take a few deep breaths and really ground your feet into the floor. I'm sensing that you need more grounding right now. This is really difficult information to hear, and I want you to have more resources available. Can you take a full 
three deep breaths and then blow them out, imagining that you're blowing out all the stress that you're dealing with today so that you can continue on with this disclosure, treating your body as kindly as possible. You see, one of the things we want to make sure the partner has is safety in an unsafe situation. That is Barbara Steffen's quote, the president of APSATS, and she wrote My Sexually Addicted Spouse. And it's really important for you to have a sense of safety and a support network that cares about you. So after a disclosure, we ask that the two of you stay separated and you go do something that meets your needs, maybe for relaxation, maybe for physical activity, maybe it's going to your favorite place and just taking in the sights. You know, something that will raise your vibrational energy and or lower your blood pressure. And when you do that, you're saying, you know what, no matter what has happened in my life, I am capable of taking care of myself. Good self-care is possible when I act proactively to have available to me tools and techniques to honor me. Okay, so that's a little bit about disclosure. Today, we're going to be talking to Cherie Hammer. And Cherie has made it her mission to help partners who have experienced betrayal in their marriage. Um, She knows that it's devastating, overwhelming, and a lonely experience. And so she has gotten specialized training for trauma, and she was willing to talk about EMDR, which is Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. You know, as a betrayed spouse, you're left with not only that lack of trust in your husband, but also you're in crisis. And any identity that you had for you in your marriage is oftentimes totally shattered. So that may leave you struggling with both physical and emotional symptoms. And it may affect those basic processes that you need for your own good mental health. You know, you need to be able to sleep. You need to be able to eat. You need to be able to focus. And when a woman has discovered her husband's cheating, it often interferes with the executive functioning of the brain. So a woman is not able to concentrate. She's not able to sleep. She doesn't have an appetite. Or she uses food as a medication and wants to numb out with it. And we know at Absets that if you're a partner trained therapist or coach, um, we're going to have your back so that you're taking care of yourself. Now, counseling can be effective in helping you openly share and explore your emotions, your options, rebuild your self-esteem, and learn those self-care tools. However, sometimes you might need trauma-specific therapy approaches. 
that's where you get into approaches that include somatic experiencing. That's where you learn eye movement desensitization reprocessing, which is EMDR. And Sheree is going to be talking about why she learned EMDR and what she has seen in terms of her own therapy practice and how EMDR oftentimes reduces the intensity, frequency, and severity of the symptoms of distress and stress and trauma. Um, It was actually designed to help people to integrate that a traumatic experience in a manner that allowed them to recall the memory while remaining calm. To do this initially with combat vets. And I know it probably is scary. If you've never heard of EMDR, to hear eye movement desensitization reprocessing, you know, that is a mouthful. But it is one of the most researched therapies in the world. And part of the reason why is that Francine Shapiro, um, the founder of EMDR, she made the protocol very, very specific. She wanted every one of her therapists to provide therapy to combat vets using a very specific system. And in that way, she could measure it, she could measure change, she could measure um, sensory experience, and she could absolutely know for a fact whether a client was getting better, staying the same, or getting worse. Now, both Cherie and I are EMDR therapists. I'm, I'm trained, which means I got the education, And then I'm certified, which means that I continue to update and upgrade my education to stay on top of the newest um, techniques. And, you know, what I really admire about Cherie, I know her personally, and she is a woman that has such a soft heart for partners. And she's very gentle. She's very kind. And yet she goes right for the meat of the trauma. And, you know, she got her EMDR training because she knew that partners needed the specific technique to allow the partner to recall the memory and then process it and, and then let it go so that it didn't constantly come up in the brain. Um, it's very um, specific to teaching you how to feel less vulnerable to your past. And let's face it, when I talk to partners, they say, you know, I can't even enjoy his recovery because his past haunts me. I can't even get a breather because I get triggered It affects my senses, my five senses, my ability to smell, to taste, to feel, to touch, Um, and or a partner may walk into a yellow room 
and get triggered and not even know it was the yellow room that did it. So it is so important for a client to have a therapist who gets trauma and who who is willing to do some of the extra special techniques or refer out so that you're getting the best help that you can. And that's what I think is so special about APSAPs because we're learning 100% how to treat partners in a kind, caring, compassionate way and help them in their brain so that they feel better. And many times, a partner will tell me three, four, five years down the road, Carol, I am a better person today than I was before I found out about his addiction. I thought I had it together, but now I have the tools and techniques to deal with all types of stress and all types of stress that my kids or my grandkids feel. It's really an amazing process. And I would never ask for this horrible epidemic, but I certainly see where not only I have learned to survive, but I am now learning how to thrive. And that's what we want for our partners. Um, We want to help them work through the trauma of the discovery. So, I'm going to ask you that you need in your own daily activity to make your life better. You know, maybe it's more playtime. Maybe it's more, um, maybe it's more sleep. Maybe it's more love. You know, I have had many um I've had many a partner that said my life was so out of control and chaotic and you know what? Don't ask me why, but I got a puppy. And that puppy follows me around, is joined at my hip, wags his or her tail at me and makes me feel loved. So, you know, There are no answers to that question that doesn't make sense. We know that you do know what you need, and if you don't, we can certainly help you. So now I'm going to introduce Sheree Hammer, who has just done a wonderful job of helping partners to work through betrayal recovery. Sheree, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Carol? I am excellent, and I was so excited that you were going to be talking about betrayal recovery and then especially EMDR since it targets the trauma that many of our clients feel. So now let me just ask you, do you have a specialization in working with betrayal trauma? Yes, I do. Um, I went through the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists and got certified as a clinical partner specialist to work with the partners who've been devastated um, by the betrayal of their spouse. 
Okay, that's Absats, and that's who sponsors this show. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. uh, it is good clinical training to help partners to know what they may not even know they need mm-hmm. at the time. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about where your practice is and how you work with partners. Well, my practice is in the Denver Tech Center in Greenwood Village, Colorado. And, um, you know, going through the APSATS training has been foundational, actually, for me as a clinician in um, meeting partners where they are in their trauma and me understanding and helping them gain a sense of self and stabilize and help bring safety back in for them in that first phase that you learn through APSATS and then going into the grief and loss work. And then the last phase would be, you know, restoration if possible, depending on the work that the addict himself does or her. Yeah, and, you know, we both know that if, for whatever reason, you cannot restore the coupleship, which most of the partners I work with, that is a top priority initially, wanting to rebuild mm-hmm. the family unit and the coupleship if he's in good recovery. But even if they can't restore the relationship with their, with their addict, they do restore that sense of self. We can be very helpful in making them um, – assisting them in, in getting back to their own self-worth and self-esteem. Now, mm-hmm. you, work with, you work with addicts and you work with partners and you work with the coupleship. Who do you typically do eye movement desensitization reprocessing with? Typically, uh, typically I do it with the partner. But um, the addict himself also has trauma, and that's usually where his addiction shows up. It could be early on in his childhood. Um, He could have his own trauma in regard to whatever's going on in his family of origin or if somebody ended up causing harm to him and abusing him sexually or her. I mean, it depends. And... Um, The EMDR has been foundational, actually, because what I find with the partner or the addict, they get so triggered on a daily basis. And when you get so triggered, um, when trauma happens, your brain is rewired, and it goes from a balance of logic-centered and emotional-centered. And what happens is the logic kind of goes offline, and then you have heightened emotions where you feel like you're reactive all the time. And when you're in high reactivity, it takes a toll on your body physiologically because physically you feel that trauma in your body. And when your body is always in the fight, flight, or um, freeze mode, it takes a lot of energy. And so the EMDR helps the partner, you know, desensitize those triggers that they have. So on a daily basis, if they are responding or in communication with their um, addict or spouse, um, it helps them be in a calmer place and be able to react without being reactive because if both people are reactive, then they can't 
calmly talk to one another and be able to process, but it also helps bring the logic portion back online after, you know, it just depends how much trauma um, the partner has. Some partners that I see have complex trauma. They may have trauma early on in their family of origin, and so it makes it a little bit more difficult, not impossible, but you have to do a little bit more EMDR sessions to gain a sense of self and to bring yourself to a calming place where you feel like that emotional part of the brain with the logic part of the brain is going, you know, back online together, that they're commingling. Yeah, and, and that's why we say that sex addiction is a brain disorder and partner trauma mm-hmm. can be a brain disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, not every partner mm-hmm. experiences um, such a significant reaction that they are traumatized. They usually are stressed, but not necessarily traumatized. And yet, my experience is most partners are traumatized. They do have trauma, stress reactions. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can't um, <laughs> not have, <clears throat> you know, trauma from your spouse where that, that's the very relationship that's supposed to be creating a sense of trust and safety and protection for you, and yet you're going back into that same home with that person who's causing the harm. And that's what makes it so difficult for many, you know, partners because the trauma is hitting them on a daily basis. Absolutely. So tell me, when do you, how do you assess when to use the MDR with a partner? Well, usually, you know, when partners come in, you do an assessment trying to see where they are in, Um, the early stages, and a lot of partners have post-traumatic stress. And um, in doing an an assessment, you can kind of see how they're functioning on a daily basis. And if the post-traumatic stress is so great that they're not able to do daily activities, you know, taking care of their kids, I mean, they're basically what happens is your mind is in a racing motion where these thoughts are constantly going and when you feel like it's inhibiting your daily activities your relationship with your spouse um, it's a good idea to come in and do the EMDR and usually I wait you know two or three sessions to make sure that that partner feels a trust and safety with me first before I step into the EMDR And most partners that come in, I mean, their first question is, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, you know, obviously that tells me that the logic part is offline because the trauma is so great it's affecting him. So I usually wait about three sessions and make sure that we have a strong, you know, trusting relationship. And then we step into the EMDR and I break it down to where, They understand what's going on physically in their body, what's going on emotionally in their body, you know, why they're reacting this way and why betrayal trauma is so, you know, such a deep wound. And so I spend a lot of time probably on psychoeducation as well before we step into the EMDR process. And, um, you know, I've just found a lot of benefits from it, especially for a lot of partners who's 
we'll just say if the addict is in recovery, isn't in recovery, and they need to find a sense of self. They need to feel like, you know, they can still get through the day, especially if they have young kids at home and they've got to function as best they can. So the EMDR helps give them that where they feel like a sense of self is coming back and they're able to process and be able to work through, you know, whatever is happening on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, again, for our listening audience, if you're really having trouble organizing your thoughts, if you're saying to yourself, what do I do, what do I do, if it doesn't seem like your brain is working properly, you need to consult with a trauma-based therapist, preferably um, he or she has uh, trauma-based specialty and is an APSAT, is a partner-sensitive therapist. And you can go to APSATS.org and look um, in your own city to see how far away is the closest uh, APSAT's trained therapist or coach. Now, if you're looking for a coach, they can't do EMDR because they can't do therapy. But they certainly can provide you support while your therapist helps you work through, as Cherie mentioned, either stress or post-traumatic stress or even complex post-traumatic stress. So now, what do you think, Cherie, is the most important piece of advice that you would give to someone struggling with betrayal in their marriage? Well, probably the most important piece of advice um, mm-hmm. when I see a lot of these partners coming in would be to trust your gut because usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, the addict with his addiction, he's so deep into his addiction um, you know, in regard to they diminish what you believe in your heart, your gut, what is telling you that something's off and they want to try to tell you that nothing's off, everything's fine, but yet you know that it is. So learning to trust your gut and that intuitive spirit inside. So trusting yourself and the second thing would be self-care because you can't control where the addict is, what they're doing. You're hoping that they're working and moving towards recovery, but you can have a sense of self and feel empowered by setting you know, healthy boundaries and taking care of yourself, i.e. that would be, you know, journaling daily, going on a walk, meditation, um, you know, yoga, anything that's going to bring you back to a place where you're able to get rid of all the anxiety and all the stress that you're feeling from the relationship and feeling empowered that you have choices, even though you feel like you're in an out-of-control situation. Yeah, and choice is very important. And even when a partner doesn't feel like she has a choice, there are always choices she absolutely has. Sometimes she wishes she didn't have to pick that choice, but um, I think that's great advice. What, What other kind of advice do you give women who've experienced sexual and partner betrayal? Well, I guess just validating where they are because I found also, um, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of therapists that don't understand trauma. And um, someone who's in trauma basically gets, uh, 
misdiagnosed, I'll just say, better lack of words, and they come in and they're a little bit heightened, are you going to understand my pain? Are you going to be able to sit in my pain and validate where I am when another therapist might be saying, oh, it's all in your head, but yet I think the validation of what's going on for them is huge because you know, they need somebody to walk alongside them and empathize, you know, in that pain. And obviously, in the beginning stages for the addict, he's unable to show that empathy, to show any type of, you know, compassion towards their partner and the harm that they've caused. So it helps so much to not only be with the therapist, but also step into a group with other women. And I also do groups with the partners. And that has been valuable where um, these partners can learn from one another because they're all on this journey together and they're all in that journey of that deep pain. And so if they're with somebody else who gets it and gets their pain and just sits in it with them and sees where they are and how they're able to process through it, I mean, knowing that you're not alone is huge because sometimes you feel isolated and you're the only one, especially in churches, that can happen. Um, And that makes it even worse for the partner because they feel like they're isolated in their own pain. So, you know, being with other women that can empathize and validate and just sit with them and walk with them on their journey is huge too. So they're not alone. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And you said that you do run um, partner groups. Is that face-to-face or on the link? The partner groups is face-to-face. Okay. Yeah, because for many of our listeners, um, you'll be happy to hear that there are online partner groups. So if there's nobody Mm -hmm. in your area, um, you can contact a coach or a therapist who's running them online and that requires again that you go to AppSats. Now, who do you think is too skilled to, as in TWO, skilled coaches or clinicians that run online partner groups? So in regard to the coaches that run the partner groups online, Mm -hmm. that's phenomenal. Um, these coaches are so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I got to meet more of them in regard to going to the AppSets conference, pre-conference. And these coaches that are able to empower these women where they are in their pain do a phenomenal job walking side by side, you know, with them. And I just think it's phenomenal. So if you don't have something you know, in your area where you can step into a group, stepping into an online group is awesome or over the phone, whatever they have provided. Right. Absolutely. And I know that BTR, uh, which is Betrayal Trauma Recovery, has only APSATS coaches that will run groups. And that's Karen Willows, uh, Kat Etherington, um, So you can go to that website if you feel the need for some support to either support the therapy work you're doing or if there's not a therapist that understands trauma and partner betrayal, then you can at least have a support person that can really work at helping you resource and find the skills you need to stay safe 
You know, Barbara Steffen said it best when she said, you know, when you're experiencing partner betrayal, you're trying to find safety in an unsafe situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the fact that, again, you have made it your mission to work with betrayal recovery. Now, what, what do you think these women should look for in a counselor if they're struggling with betrayal trauma? Well, of course, the first thing that you would hope um, for these partners is that they could find a therapist who also has experience basically through APSATS. I mean, APSATS is number one in um, giving us the foundation and trying to stabilize and bring safety for the partners. So if they try to find an APSATS-trained therapist and if they can't at least finding a therapist that has some background in trauma because it makes a huge difference if that therapist understands trauma and understands how the brain chemistry is being changed how it affects your body and how you're living in this on a daily basis because I think without that understanding it's more difficult for them to step into the world where they are and trying to gain safety and trust back in their relationships. Absolutely. So, again, you would say if you're a partner and you need a therapist, you got to find somebody who appears to be partner sensitive and realizes mm-hmm. that this is not just an addiction like a drug or alcohol addiction. When it comes to partner betrayal, it's a relational problem and it and it affects every area of that woman's life. Mhm. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, so in the heart. Th- yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say you go first. No. Well, I was just going to say, you know, for many of these, you know, partners, it's it's difficult for them because, you know, a lot of them have young kids at home. And so they have to function, you know, as a mom, you know, to get the kids through what's going on for the day and be emotionally present for them. And, you know, it's really critical to find a therapist who understands the trauma because if you don't have someone who can step into your shoes and get it, it makes it so difficult to get through the day because physiologically your your body and your brain is working overtime. So, you know, it all at all costs, if you can find APSATs, and if not, a trauma-sensitive therapist is critical, really. Well, and and I was going to ask you, you know, I described a little bit about EMDR before you came on the line, but how would you describe EMDR? How is it that EMDR works? Well, I mean, it's pretty cool how it does work I mean obviously everybody's different but um, you know the EMDR process is the bilateral movements and it's basically eye movements that move from the right to the left basically what the therapist is doing and so it's tapping in the emotional side of the brain with the logic side of the brain and it's trying to go into your file cabinet in the brain and find all those memories And, you know, those past memories, present memories, whatever is in it. So you've got 
good memories, you have some not so good memories, and you have traumatic memories. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a traumatic memory would be finding out, you know, about your husband's um, addiction, and at all costs, you're in disbelief, you're in shock, is this really happening? And so every single day when you think about it, you get re-triggered and re-traumatized thinking about it. And so when you tap into the brain in the memory bank, your brain knows where to go to those memories and it helps process those um, triggers to be less heightened. So therefore on a daily basis, even though you know that your husband has an addiction, you're able to process it and logically go, okay, he has an addiction, but I can still walk through this journey. I'm safe. You know, we're moving forward. He's, you know, in recovery. I have a support system. So it it helps you be able to take those memories that are so heightened and that you're so triggered in where you get reactive, bring it down to a calming place. Yeah, that's that's a great way to say it. So, again, EMDR and bilateral stimulation um, via the brain, and it helps you to process memories and feelings that got almost log jammed because it was under such great stress. And I was telling our listening audience, it started out with combat veterans, you know, veterans who had seen mm-hmm. horrific things, they had seen children blown up, and they had night terrors and they couldn't eat and they would be triggered just by hearing kids laughing. And so Mm -hmm. it is the most researched trauma treatment in the world. And so you obviously decided that you were going to become trained in this technique and how do you use it um, in your office? What, you know, how do you do that? You said she has to well, trust you, but then what do you do? Well, um, just kind of give them a little bit of psychoeducation of what's happening, you know, in the brain and the body and how it will um, alleviate a lot of, I mean, just like a, even though you're not a combat um, victim, you're a victim of this deep wound of betrayal, and you're kind of going in the battle every single day with this man or woman, I mean, depending on who the partner is or the addict is. And it's kind of like people don't see your emotions blown apart to pieces or your body because of the betrayal, but inside you feel like your arms, your legs, everything's flying all over the place. But when you come in and we process that trigger, whatever it is, I kind of have a, a, a little assessment that I do with each of my clients And it's kind of like a three-phase assessment. So we talk about what is the most disturbing memory that they have. If they could do a bird's-eye picture of that memory, of that um, trigger, what would it look like, you know, taking a snapshot. And then we talk about that memory that they're going through, the trigger that they're going through. And then we go into what are the cognitive distortions, basically those are negative thought processes or belief systems that you attach to that memory. So it could be something like, I'm not enough, um, I'm incapable, uh, you know, my body isn't perfect enough. I mean, whatever it is, they've got these cognitive belief systems that they're holding on to. 
and then we step into, well, how much is that, um, you know, memory, that disturbance for you, you know, on a scale. And it could be from 1, 0 to 10. And if the disturbance is at a 10, heightened, where are they feeling it in their body? Then we kind of do a body scan of where they're feeling the trauma in their body. And it could be tightness in their neck. It could be their stomach, chronic stomach issues. Um, it could be anxiety, racing thoughts. So we talk a little bit about the um, ways that it's affecting their body. And then we step into um, what are the emotions that are coming up for them, you know, and then we process those emotions, you know. They feel devastated. Um, they just feel so hurt. Um, they're in such deep pain and wound. They don't know if they're able to take a breath, get through the next day. So we spend a little bit of time on the emotions um, that they're going through. And then from there, we talk about, all right, what do you want to believe about yourself? What's a positive um, belief system that you want to attach to? And then they'll say, well, I just want to be enough. I just want to be capable. I just want to be strong. And so then we talk about, okay, on a scale of one to seven, how true is that to you? And they might scale it at, you know, one being totally false, seven being totally true, they might say, I don't know, maybe it's at a two or three. I'm not there yet. And so after we go through this phase, um, then I have them come up with the image of a safe place. I mean, where would you go, either real or imagined, um, you know, if this, when we're processing this, trigger this trauma within you if it gets too much I want you to have a safe place to go and so their safe place could be the ocean feeling the cool breeze against their cheeks um, just looking out upon the ocean and just seeing how beautiful the sunset is or it could be in the mountains you know hearing the streams trickle seeing the mountains around them so whatever that um, emotion is whatever that safe places that they can tap into and I try to have them tap into their five senses so it's kind of grounding them in the here and now of you know what do I see what do I hear what do I taste touch and if they're able to ground themselves and know that they're not there where that traumatic memory is they're here and now in that safe place and they can get themselves back into an area where they know that they're not going to be extremely heightened And then we spend some time doing some deep breathing um, in and out because 10 to 12 um, deep breaths does lower the heart rate. It brings a sense of calm into your system. And after we do that, then I have them open their eyes. And um, then we practice some different bilaterals. It can be horizontal, vertical, diagonal, and then see which one feels most comfortable for them. And then I tell them that they're in control of the session. If at any time, you know, it gets too much when we're doing the bilaterals, which are the left to right movements where they're following, you know, my hand or my pen from the left side to the right side, um, just with their eye movements, not moving their um, head, but just watching my finger or a pen going back and forth. And then ask them how fast, how slow, what feels comfortable and after it could be 10 bilateral movements, 20. Um, if they have a memory that comes up for them, then just close their eyes and then I'll stop the bilaterals and we'll process what is coming up for them and we'll process that memory and talk about it. 
And if it gets too heightened for them, I always tell them at any time, close your eyes and go to your safe place and ground yourself in the safe place. And then we'll process when you're ready again. So that's kind of like a little short bird's eye view (laughs) of how the um, session goes. Um, And, you know, most of my clients, I have to admit, going very, very, very slow have not, by the grace of God, have not gotten triggered. Um, They haven't had any, you know, nightmares or felt like they've been more heightened during the day. However, if, you know, they do have anything that comes up for them, I always encourage them to come into the next session. We process that and, you know, talk about what's going on for them because it isn't uncommon to have nightmares. It's not uncommon to be, um, you know, having your mind go back and think and process through the thoughts and the triggers that are not only in the present moment, but sometimes it may tap into memories in your childhood, which are actually connected to the present memory. So we, you know, do a little bit more psychoeducation of what can happen and if they have any um, reaction emotionally where they feel unsafe, then I always encourage them to reach out so we can process that you know over the phone before their next session if they're very very heightened but I haven't had that occur with any of my clients yet Um, but I have seen it help tremendously um, with my clients It, it gives them a sense of self where they feel like they're more in control of what's going on in their life on a daily basis in this out of control situation you know with their spouse and it does help them bring that logic piece back online where they feel like they're able to, you know, make decisions on a daily basis, be able to set some healthy boundaries because in the beginning they're like, what's a boundary look like? Is this okay? Is this not okay? And they, you know, they're, they're spinning and questioning um, themselves and are in the state of confusion. So the EMDR brings, you know, a sense of clarity for them where they're able to, you know, step into their day and feel less, you know, triggered and reactive with their spouse and be able to make decisions and have a sense of calm during their day. And I also have them um, practice positive I am statements, which are positive affirmations that we talked about at the very end of the session. Um, Wherever we end, I always like to end them in a positive place. So therefore, they're attaching to positive statements about themselves, positive belief systems about themselves, and then practice the tapping, which would be a left and right bilateral of them tapping um, their legs and tapping in um, each of the positive affirmations. So they're believing it and they're practicing their deep breathing. They're practicing grounding themselves. So they're practicing all these things, you know, throughout the day, plus the journaling, which also helps with that left-right rewiring of the brain and um, also bringing logic back online for them. Yes, and, you know, I, too, have done this with hundreds of partners, and I've never seen anybody have a negative reaction to it at all. As a matter of fact, more often than not, after about three sessions, they will say to Mm -hmm. me, oh, my gosh, I feel better than I have in years. Why didn't any other therapist do this work with me? And then I typically mm-hmm. explain, mm-hmm. well, you know, this takes us about a 1,000 hours, and, and the training's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 
it cost right. me about six or eight thousand dollars by the time I was all done right. with it. So not everybody can afford to learn this skill, but it really does help with trauma. And I think you did a beautiful job of describing what they could expect for their first EMDR session. And going slow is the key. There is no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So now I have a time mm-hmm. for a couple more questions. You know, a lot of times the um, partner comes in and she, you know, she says, are these PS, PTSD issues, are my triggers real or or are they imagined? Am, am I creating these in my brain? Um, and so what do you tell her? Well, I validate where they are and say that, you know, our brain is so amazing because our brain, you know, knows what's going on. And so our brain tells our body what's going on. So you know that the trauma is real because you're feeling it in your body. And that's what I was talking about before. Any of these, um, you know, clients could be feeling the tension in their neck. They could have headaches. They could have chronic stomach issues, um, they could have diarrhea, I mean, anything, but just tension, but they'll feel it in their body and they're wondering why, you know, why am I feeling this in my body? And that's the trauma that kind of settles into your body because it knows something's happened. So you get, you may get anxious and you have this chronic anxiety that's going on, or you might just feel a deep sadness. Um, racing thoughts that are going on, but all of that is your body trying to process that something unsafe is going on, and that's that trauma piece, and that's the beauty of the EMDR, trying to help get the trauma physiologically out of your body so your body isn't feeling it and it's not affecting you because it's not uncommon for a lot of partners to get other ailments. It could be you know what I mean? A lot of different physiological ailments if they don't work on taking care of themselves on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. 100%. Unfortunately, it does because of the parasympathetic damage that it can do. It really mm-hmm. can affect the immune system. So I 100% agree with you. That is always something that we really look for. And then we look for ways of of, of self-soothing that, whether it be trauma mm-hmm. treatments or increased mm-hmm. self-care. You know, you and I both mm-hmm. know that we work from a three-part um, process. We look for somebody who's going through this journey um, to find safety and stabilization, and it's our job to make them feel mm-hmm. safe, at least in our office, and hopefully mm-hmm. more often than not at home. And then that second mm-hmm. part is grief and loss. You know, there is so Mm -hmm. much loss when you're working through betrayal. Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of loss do you see for a partner who's experienced betrayal recovery? Well, probably the greatest loss is the loss of the relationship that they thought they had. I mean, they're going about thinking they have this perfect little marriage and family And it's the perfect picture of, you know, the husband, the wife, and the two kids in a frame. And then all of a sudden they realize this person that I married to in a million years, I wouldn't even think that they would have this addiction. 
you know, because it could be a wonderful Christian man <laughs> showing up and volunteering and working in the Iwana program, working in, you know, the Sunday school program, but yet behind the scenes they have this whole other life. And so it's a grief and loss of what you thought you had in this relationship and then finding out that this relationship isn't true and what parts are true. And then you start picking apart, you know, what is true, what is not true, and how how do we come back together and how can I even trust again with this person who's been acting out in various ways. Thank you so much, Cherie, for making this so explainable. And obviously, for our listening audience, you can tell that she's had a lot of training and she has made it her mission to help the partner feel safe, grieve the loss, and then restore her sense of self and hopefully the coupleship. If you want to talk more or get more information about Shuri, you can go to www.hammercounseling.com or you can email her at cmhammer6 at gmail.com. Shuri, thanks so much for your wisdom today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on today. It was an honor. Thank you, Carol. You're welcome. You take care and have a great week. I will. You too. So obviously we've got a woman who really knows her stuff, and she has had a special place in her heart for partners, and that's what we want you to know. There are plenty of us around. We want to help you get through this crisis, find safety in an unsafe situation, and restore your sense of self. I'm Carol the Coach, and as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times, so fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon. For more information, go to absats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal.